Hello, everyone. I'm Neil Aft, and I want to welcome you to Live on Web. Our focus today is health and wellness. We'll dive into it from a number of different angles, including taking a closer look at sleep apnea in a few moments, with Transport Topics reporter Eric Miller and Christine Heidock of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. There has been a growing spotlight on truck driver health and really the overall wellness of the entire industry for a number of years. Fueled by the combination of regulations and the growing number of studies spotlighting that truckers are more likely to be overweight and generally le less healthy than others, the issue appears to have reached a tipping point. We encourage you to interact with us today. You can send in your questions by emailing share at ttnews.com or by entering them into this article page. We will answer the best ones later in the program. So, just how critical is the health and wellness issue? According to Atri's latest survey of industry concerns released late last year, health and wellness came in number seven overall. That was the highest it ever ranked in the annual survey, and 5% of respondents listed it as the top issue facing the industry. I now want to bring in Ralph Garcia, a career driver and member of America's Road Team who works for ABF Freight out of New Mexico, and Sapiwe Baleka, a world-class swimmer turned truck driver and fitness trainer. Thank you both for joining us today. It's good to be here. Thank you. Ralph, I want to begin with you. Your driving career has, spend, has spanned 37 years, 3.5 accident-free miles. First, congratulations on those amazing accomplishments. I guess my first question is if you believe the importance of health and wellness is more on the minds of the truck driving population than ever before. Yes, I would say that it's very important. People are really keeping track of what they're doing and, and trying to get a little more exercise. So is, is there any way that you can sort of compare the, the atmosphere, the environment, the, the discussion today in today's truck stops, in today's interactions at your terminals with what it might have been when you started 37 years ago? When I, yeah, when I started back 37 years ago, it, was, it wasn't as strict as far as uh, the health. There was a lot of guys that took care of themselves, and mm -hmm. you know, I was one of them. And uh, there wasn't uh, places you can go to eat where they told you exactly how many calories or mm -hmm. what, what types of things to eat. And I think the general knowledge was, wasn't out there for drivers, and a lot of guys didn't know how to eat. So uh, through the years, it's developed, and people have been keeping track of it through the years. Okay, now with that said, how there have been advancements, let's bring in Sapiwe. Now, you started driving uh, less than a decade ago and a little later in the program. We're, we're going to dive into both of these personal stories. Really uh, interesting from, from both perspectives. But with that said, you started less than a decade ago now, and you had a pretty eye-opening experience your first couple months on the road as a truck driver. C could you talk a little bit about that? Well, when I got into trucking, I didn't know anything about truck driving. Um, never been in a truck. Uh, went through the student driver uh, training program at Prime, which is based out in Springfield, Missouri. And in the first two months of my driving career, I gained 10.7% of my body weight. Uh, for most of my life, I was, a, I was an athlete. I was fit. Um, and I just had that moment where I realized if I didn't take care of myself on the road, if I wasn't responsible for my, my weight and my well-being, that I was going to end up overweight or obese and become one of these statistics. Now, you... you almost made the Olympics again. We're going to talk about this a little later and as a swimmer. So did you ever imagine you got behind a truck? Clearly some different challenges, but did you have any idea what might, you might be in for in those first couple months on the road before you began to adjust your lifestyle? No, and I think like a lot of um, new drivers, 
that come into the industry, um, you don't know. And until recently, if you went to a company, they, they, they wouldn't actually tell you what was going to happen. I mean, we know there's a problem. We know there's a lot of overweight and obese drivers. But nobody would explain to you exactly you know, how your sleep schedule is going to change and your hormones are going to change and the effect that this is going to have on you. And more importantly, what you can do about it to mitigate um, those effects. So, you know, I didn't know. I had never thought about it. I was just looking at, okay, what can I do now? I want to get into trucking. I need to learn how to drive the truck safe. I need to learn how to do the business. And the last thing on my mind was health and, you know, just... A lot, a lot of the people that contacted us leading up to today's program, uh, a whole bunch of different issues that they talked about. So some of, some of what they want to know seemed to be a, a fairly low level. How do we get started? What, what are some of the basics? So why don't we start there? Let's talk first about exercise, which I guess seems might be the natural one. I need to improve my health. Well, I need to exercise more. So, uh, wait for for both of you. You know, what are either some of the initial steps someone could take either becoming a driver, their lifestyle is changing, what do I need to do? Or maybe it's someone who has been out there and, you know, sort of have gotten a little bit behind and maybe, you know, been a little lazier and I need to do something and I'm not in that shape I was when I was 18, 21, but what can I do now? So, so with that said, how, how do we get started? What are some of the basics that we can I think share? I think a lot of times the, the time span that you have a chance to get out of that truck and exercise, is you just want to take advantage as, as much as possible to keep moving. A lot of times, just, just the other day, I dropped a trailer and I had a little time to wait for my, my load. So I just went walking around the parking lot. Just something simple like that. You know, you have to be practical in the time that you have. So you're not able to get to the gym often, so you, you just try to do what you can. But mm-hmm. the main thing is moving. You know, we started this Fitbit program with uh, Healthy Fleet, and this has been really a, a motivator to, to start walking and taking more steps mm-hmm. and getting a little bit more exercise. And then when, you have, when you're at the house, you, you have time to go to the gym. And a lot of times, as far as the food part, uh, most of the time, I take my own meals, and if you can't do that, some of the truck stops, mm. they'll have a menu there, and they'll tell you exactly how many calories and, and some of the good, good food good. to eat, especially the petrol. Petrol is really good for that. We're going to get back to food. Yeah. That, that, that's coming up next. Yeah, you okay. jumped ahead on me. Let, let me ask you about that exercise. You talk about Fitbit and, and some of the technology and, and about walking. I know we talked a, a little bit last night, and some people out there may be familiar with you. You have a... a perspective on exercise about the walking certainly part of it but why don't you share a little bit about where you're coming from well neil i um you know we talked about the science and maybe we'll get into some of that later but to be very short and very clear if a driver is at that point where they say i need to do something the most effective thing they can do is every time they open the door to get ready to get in their truck to start driving if they would move any movement they can do at maximum intensity for four minutes. When you do that, you literally turn your metabolism onto its highest level. Now for the next several hours, you're burning fat at an accelerated rate while you're behind the driving wheel. So the first thing is just get into your mind. You want to turn your metabolism on before you start your driving shift, and it only takes four minutes to do it. And that's not four minutes in a gym. That's just four minutes, period. Right on the side of your truck. Okay. Well, let, let, let's talk about food, which I, I think sometimes can be um, a little bit harder to navigate. Uh, it, maybe it's less uh, un- understood, and, and, and while, as you said, there are a lot better options than maybe there, there used to be. I still mm-hmm. think, uh, and, and we've got some comments, it can still be a little complicated. So, right. 
you talked a little bit about packing snacks. Maybe you could share a little bit uh, yeah. about that. But when you're also out there and, and at the truck stops, I know you did a lot of long-haul driving, too. If you could share about how you navigate a truck stop and, and as you learn along the way. Well, what I do is I, I usually try to keep my food intake. I usually at 60% protein, 40% carbohydrates, and 10% fat. That's me. For you. you know, yeah, for me. And that's what works for me. Anytime I, I try to keep, try to stay away from anything in a, in a bag. Right. You know, always, I always say God's food. I always eat what's natural, fresh fruit, uh, you know, barbecue chicken, and also uh, vegetables for carbohydrates and, and uh, green, mm-hmm. fresh, fresh uh, vegetables. And I always drink water. I stay away from Cokes, anything with salt, a lot of salt. So those are the, just the basic things that I do every week. And uh, as far as the truck stops, they have the menu, like I said, they'll have a heart rate, mm-hmm. a heart on each side of the, the menu, and it tells you exactly what you can eat. So if you have to go to the truck stop, you try to, try to get the healthy mm-hmm. menu besides, you know, if anything else, it's, it usually has grease mm-hmm. or it has uh, fat or anything like that. So mm-hmm. that's what I do personally. Food tips? Food tips. Well, the thing that I tell drivers when they come in to start my 13-week program is that until we establish your nutrition profile, you don't know what to change. So the first thing we do is we'll use a a smartphone app, and there's plenty of them out there. They're free, and we'll have clients log their food, everything they eat and drink for seven days. And I would recommend every driver, right, start with that. You don't even have to make any changes to your food, but log your food so that we can analyze it and see how frequently are you eating, okay, Um, What is your carbohydrate consumption? Because that's the key to losing weight is limiting and monitoring that. Um, And before we tell you what to change to, let's find out what is it that you're eating that's doing the most damage and fix that first. It's portion size. Where does that fit in? Portion size for me is important because anytime, you know, you you can have healthy food, but if you eat too much, you're going to pack on the weight because mm-hmm. you're sitting in that cab and not burning any calories. So the portion size, of ca- for me, I count calories. But uh, that, that's important to me. And you, every individual has to find what works for him. You know, just like he was saying, they analyze exactly what they intake. And like you said, you can f- tell exactly what's g- giving mm-hmm. you the weight. For me, it's carbohydrates. I've got to stay from, away from white breads, anything that's got a lot of carbs. It'll just stay on me because you can feel it. You get out of the truck and you can feel your belts mm-hmm. a little bit tighter. As we were preparing for today, uh, I'm not going to hold this up, but yeah. some of the, it was an article we found online breaking down using just the FDA guidelines what might be considered healthy and unhealthy. And some of this, it, it's amazing, and it goes uh-huh. to this confusion. Uh, I see here Fruit Loops, technically based on fat and cholesterol, sodium, could be could be listed as healthy, but something like avocado and salad, almonds, uh, salmon listed as unhealthy, and I do think that there's a lot of confusion out there. Right. So maybe it is more than just a calorie count that, that people do need to figure out right. what does work for them or not. And there's some tools out there. It just You get in tune with your body over time and your right. routine. And like and you said, there's plenty of apps out there that you can look at. And it's, it, from, for what I've seen in the industry, it's the driver. And like he says, you've got to analyze every person, what affects them differently. Mm-hmm. You know, there might be different issues that they gain weight. Sugar is another thing that uh, a lot of the foods that say that are diet or whatever, they have a lot of sugar, and they kind of hide It can this. be tricky. Right, it can be tricky. So uh, the, the rule of thumb for me is stay away from anything that's in a bag. Mm-hmm. 
that, that you don't know some of the ingredients, some of the uh, uh, pr- food preservatives, they, you can't burn that off. Mm-hmm. It goes straight to your kidneys. Uh, the, like, the, like I said, water. Mm-hmm. The water flushes you out, keeps you, keeps you uh, clean, but it's always about clean foods. And you, you've talked a little on some of the YouTube that I've seen, not only water, but lemon in water. You have a lot of science behind it. We'll, we'll get yeah. back into that in, in a few minutes. Uh, so I think some additional tips will come out for people that uh, continue to watch here. Just want to pause for a second, remind everyone they could send in questions to share and comments to share at ttnews.com. You can uh, input them right into this article page uh, throughout the hour. Uh, we're going to be uh, getting to them. May also do some uh, additional content afterwards to address some of them. Uh, last week, uh, I spoke with Paul Will. He's the chairman and CEO of Celadon Group. Uh, the in- Indianapolis-based company is one of the most recognized trucking fleets for, his health and wel- for their health and wellness efforts. Celadon was founded by Stephen Russell, who passed away in April. About a decade ago, he made the decision to, to invest in employee health through a series of measures, including opening a medical facility at the company's headquarters. Let's take a look at what Paul had to say about the benefits of these investments. Yeah, so, um, you know, if you go back to when we first started looking at, you know, what can we do as far as from a driver's standpoint, um, you know, expediting the process, you know, they come in, they have DOT physicals. Um, what we'd have to do is we'd have to send them down the street to have the physical done. They'd have to come back and go through the rest of the orientation process. So it wasn't efficient. It wasn't really effective in, in the process. So it was kind of in that whole theme of, you know, how do we, you know, get the driver in, get the driver out, and, and then that leads to better retention down the road from the standpoint of, you sometimes lose drivers through the recruiting orientation and then uh, deployment process. So when we looked at it, uh, first we re- originally started in a, in a couple of the our, what we had dorm rooms. We had individuals, uh, doctors that would come in, do the physicals, um, you know, nurse practitioners, et cetera. And then we've expanded that uh, over the years to have a separate standalone uh, building that actually does you know, the physicals, the drug testing. And then we've ex- further expanded that individual standalone building uh, to be able to do stuff for not only the drivers but the administrative staff and beyond just the DOT requirements. But if a driver's over the road, he's got a 53-foot trailer, you know, dragging behind him. If he tries to go home, he has to take two days off. We have to route him home. It's inefficient. Um, he he may get home. He may miss his appointment based on where the loads are. Um, and then he's in a situation where he's frustrated. Um, he doesn't meet his appointment, and then he's got to do it again. So what we thought was, if they come through Indianapolis, they could park their truck, park their trailer, come in, do what they need to do at the office, but we're also providing them the opportunity to meet with the doctor and have a more of a physician, you know, as a general practitioner type relationship, and then they feel comfortable, and then they will end up doing more for their own health and wellness uh, than they otherwise would, because no different than a lot of uh, in, in other employees, most people don't end up going to, to their doctor's appointments on a regular basis and all that. This just affords them the opportunity to actually have a relationship with the doctor and address needs and concerns prior to them becoming issues. Um, so when you look at the whole population of the driving force with what we started doing years ago was through when we uh, opened the clinic was we started doing uh, health risk assessments, looking at your blood pressure, your cholesterol, you know, all those type of uh, metrics and try to start to, to get in front of the, both the drivers and administrative employees to help them better manage their own health. Uh, so that they could be a better, more productive driver and have a better, you know, personal life as well as, a, you know, um, um, a work life. So uh, how were you able to get drivers both initially engaged into this uh, as these plans sort of have started and rolled out in advance? Because also, how have you been able over the years to keep them engaged, to continuing to 
to uh, to to improve maybe other areas of their health as the plans have have developed. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's 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 like I was saying, it's really challenging just in general, but especially with this a population of drivers that are out two or three weeks at a time over the road. So it's really engaging them right from the get-go, right through the orientation process, um, meet, having them meet with um, you know, the individuals uh, within the, the clinic, the doctors, the nurse practitioners, and then communicating to those uh, you know, drivers as they come through orientation, here's what we have to offer. We further started driving school down the street within our same industrial complex that has both uh, you know, exercise equipment, it's got exercise classes, spinning, um, it's got some you know, light weights, um, it's got a clinic down there as well, uh, so especially the students when they come through the same thing that they have an opportunity to really get engaged in the whole health process right from the get-go. So in addition to getting engaged right from the get-go, doing the health risk assessment, really evaluating how we can you know, better help them help themselves, we stay in front of them, you know, so many times you walk around a truck, that's a mile. Do, you know, when you go to, what can you do over the road to help your, yourself be, uh, you know, better from a health standpoint? If you have high blood sugar, what, what can you do? So we put refrigerators in all the, all the uh, trucks that we currently supply drivers. We have inverters in there so that they could actually use microwaves. Um, they could actually, you know, have the, the power of the refrigerator so there's no chance that it will not be powered and therefore food will spoil. So they could actually get fruits and vegetables and some of the things that otherwise that they wouldn't necessarily get at truck stops. So they could eat healthier. Uh, so it's really just continuing to condition them to do the right things, you know, put them in a position where they've got the tools and the capability of having doctors, having the right amenities within the cab of the truck, uh, having the right, you know, uh, opportunities to exercise and, and be coached by individuals uh, within the organization when they're through the terminals. Um, we've got dietitians on on site, uh, on staff that that can actually help them and coach them as well. So, it's really it's not just one thing. It's just a a, a whole um, you know uh, litany of things that we've got that we've lit, you know done throughout uh, over the years that we've grown. Um, you know that that allows us to stay in front of the driver and hopefully help them be you know uh, more health conscientious. Okay, we're back. Uh, I want to thank Paul Will for taking the time to speak with us. His entire interview, um, where he touches on a lot of different medical issues, uh, also on Stephen Russell's life, will be available uh, at, uh, on, as part of the YouTube replays we'll be putting up uh, later on. Um, it, I covered Stephen Russell in 2011 uh, at an ATA conference where he talked about medical, issue, uh, medical plans he had implemented. Uh, we've gotten a lot of questions about wellness programs, about how do you measure return on investment, he said at the time, one of the things, again, this is 2011, so this does go back a while. A lot in terms of health care has changed uh, since that time. He had said in 2011, the average medical cost per employee was $431, up only $2 from 2006. So that might, it just it limited the increases. His, his health costs have gone up 7% annually. They were limiting the increase. He also shared some statistics about how the large percentage down on blood pressure those who had never exercised, beginning to exercise, and, and more coming into their ideal weight and just less hospital. A lot of statistics that were hard to quantify exact dollars. Um, one, when the, in the interview portion not shown with Paul, he talks about a bit of soft returns on investment. One that he particularly uh, discussed was drivers coming to him saying, I want to go to the doctor. My family does. We can't do it based on my route. That's something you said you have experienced, yeah. and one of those soft returns, increase on productivity, you, you know, you, you were, why don't you go ahead? 
Yeah, the, the big thing is when the last uh, physical I had to take, it was, I had to take time off, so it cost me a trip on my run. So, you know, it's, it's really hard to balance the time span and making an appointment, and sometimes uh, the doctor has something do, going on, he can't make the appointment, so it's really difficult in that area. And you have to do it, and you had, I had a time period of 20 days after I was notified. Mm-hmm. So you had to find an a, a outlet that you So ABF have. Help has helped to create yes, a yeah, system they're, they're to very, get you there. Right. They're very good about it, and they, they timed it just right where I could work into my schedule. But it's, it's very difficult, especially the guys are out there you know, all the time for three weeks at a time. Now, you were a driver a few years for Brian. You worked with Robert Lowe to sort of get a health and wellness program pretty much from the ground up from what I understand. So why don't you walk us through that process in terms of what you learned as the driver and then how you began to implement that through Prime and beyond. Well, the great thing about it was um, Robert and Prime, they were, they were ready for um, an innovative driver health and fitness program. Uh, Robert had already made a commitment to do whatever he could to improve the, the quality and longevity of life of, of drivers. In 2010, he had learned of this statistic that the average lifespan of a truck driver is around 61 to 64 years of age. Um, And he wanted to do something about that. Um, So there's this premature death epidemic in the industry. Um, When I was out on the road and I had a moment where I realized there's a nutrition and fitness program for everyone in America, except one that was specifically designed for long haul truck drivers in their unique environment. Because let's face it, you're living in a box, you have, you don't have access to a kitchen. You have food storage issues. Uh, you're not able to get to the local organic farmer's market. Uh, you don't go off the trucker's grid, so getting to the gym is impractical. And so I realized that what was needed was a program that fits into the environment and routine of a truck driver, not a you know, third-party cookie-cutter program that takes a driver out of his routine. So I spent the next four years of my driving career designing such a system. And it was all based off of what I was able to, you know, on the road, in the field, figure out what's the 2% things that you can do that will give you the 80% of the weight loss results that you want to achieve because the issue is time. And that's the key. It had to be maximally convenient, uh, and it's worked. Now, you didn't come into trucking thinking that you were going to create a fitness program. But it sort of found you, and you've discovered a few things, whether it be return on investment, whether it be some of the secrets to try and get some of these breakthroughs that that sort of happened through your background and and then through your own real-life experience of struggling out there on the road and understanding how difficult it can be. Exactly. It wasn't what I set out to do, but once I was in the environment, I realized I had to come up with a solution. What's the most effective, least time-consuming way to get results? After I had built the system, I went to Robert and said, hey, look, you know, I want to show you this system. I can manipulate and monitor the metabolism of your drivers, you know, virtually, remotely. Um, And when we talked in the conversation, to Robert's credit, it wasn't about the ROI. It wasn't about the return on investment. For him, it was, this is the right thing to do. I care about my drivers. And that made all the difference in the world. So we're going to come back to that momentarily. Thank you both very much. I hope everyone out there is enjoying it. And, again, please send in questions, comments to share at ttnews.com. We'll be getting to them shortly. Uh, I want to shift gears. I want to move on to sleep apnea. Uh, Momentarily, as I had said, we'll be joined by TT reporter Eric Miller. 
and Christine Heidock of FMCSA about some of the steps going on in this area. First, uh, I want to share part of a conversation I had last week with Dr. Todd Simo. He's chief medical officer at HireRight. I started very simply by asking him, what is sleep apnea? Well, yes, certainly. Sleep apnea is an obstruction of the upper airway when people are sleeping. Um, you know, there's different body habituses and, and that cause this particular problem. But as the upper airway is constricted during sleep, it actually causes fragmentation of the sleep cycle and, and causes multiple arousals through the night. And those multiple arousals through the night actually lead you know, to uh, fatigue. And it also leads to other you know, profound medical problems such as heart disease, stroke, high blood pressure. Now, we've seen a number of studies suggesting that possibly as many as one-third of suckers give or take may suffer sleep apnea in one form or another. Is that accurate in your opinion? Yeah, I think it's very accurate. You know, FMCSA's own data shows, they show that 28% of the commercial driving population has sleep apnea. But there's also other studies out there that look at a variety of different risks and predictive factors that I'll actually show that up to 50% of commercial drivers are at risk. When we see when we're reviewing exams that the number is probably closer to the FMCSA number, but it is still a, a, a significant minority. So 28% to 30% is actually a really good number. Well, you mentioned you, you use the word risk. And maybe you could share with us a little bit about the risk surrounding sleep apnea that, that drivers and police need to know about. Well, yeah, certainly. When, when you look at risk and when you start looking at risk for sleep apnea, age is certainly a factor. So the older we get, the more risk for sleep apnea we get. Also, the older we get and the, actually the fatter we get, the more risk of sleep apnea. So body habitus has a lot to play with it. As we get older, more sedentary and we gain weight, it's actually that, that extra weight that then increases our risk of having upper airway uh, dysfunction when we're sleeping that then actually causes the sleep apnea. Now, FMCSA seems to be considering uh, regulating the, the testing sleep apnea. Is that something you think would be a, a wise idea for the agency to do? Yeah, I believe it's, it's really wise. I know FMCSA, uh, with the rollout of the Certified Medical Examiner Program, was trying to propagate guidance in regards to telling the examiners when to compel a driver to get a sleep study uh, that was uh, shut down by Congress by saying that they were making you know, de facto regulation without going through the official rulemaking process. But I believe it's, it will be really advantageous for the industry and all, to, you know, not only you know, the companies, the examiners, but also the drivers. They have a uniform standard which basically looks at risk and then defines who needs a sleep study. That'll level the playing field, and then you won't have various examiners using a variety of different guidances to compel who gets a study and who doesn't. Let's talk a little bit about the diagnosis and, and testing process. Uh, what, what goes into the Well, sir, the traditional means of to get a sleep, you know, so to speak, sleep apnea diagnosis is going through an official, you know, polysomnogram. So it's a uh, so to speak, a clinic-based study uh, where a person goes in uh, to a sleep center, uh, they get set up for the test and they're monitored overnight. And after that, the, the, the sleep specialist will be able to then 
make a diagnosis based upon the parameters of, that comes back after that test. Uh, evolution of the industry and what we here at Hyrite offer is actually a home sleep study. So home sleep studies are something that a driver can be set up for. They're FDA approved and actually the American you know, Academy of Sleep Medicine also approves these devices. To have, you know, it's a simple device that can be hooked up with a chain of custody, which basically assures that the person test hooked up is the person tested. And then these people are able to then, you know, sleep where they normally sleep, whether it's in the back of their, you know, uh, truck in their sleeper cab, or if it's at home or in a hotel room. And then interrogation of that data will then allow a, a, a you know, a board certified sleep specialist to go through, evaluate it, and then determine if the, the person has sleep apnea or not. Good afternoon. I'm Transport Topics reporter Eric Miller. We're going to continue the discussion here on driver wellness and would like to stay on the topic of uh, sleep apnea with our special guest today, who is Christine Heidock. She is Medical Programs Division Chief for the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. She uh, oversees CDL physical qualification standards and related regulatory requirements. Um, Christine, I wanted to start off a little bit with, uh, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Derek. Thank Glad you. to be here. Uh, I wanted to start off with why the agency is concerned about sleep apnea. Why is it a topic that's a priority? The agency is, is focused on the topic, obviously. We have um, 13 qualification standards. This is one of those areas that falls under the respiratory qualification standard. Um, and it, our main mission is safety on the highways, ensuring that um, everybody's loved ones and family return home safely. And this is one of those medical areas that, uh, that falls under our, our 13 standards. I know there is not a commitment to do a rulemaking, but uh, you have started the process with an advanced, advanced notice of proposed rulemaking. I wonder what, you, what information you're trying to ascertain from stakeholders regarding sleep apnea. Uh, thank you. That's a great question. So um, the agency partnered with the uh, Federal uh, Railroad Administration uh, to put out an advance notice of proposed rulemaking. Uh, we published that in March, and it is now currently open for comment. Uh, and what we're looking for to obtain in the advance notice of proposed rulemaking is um, information from the public related to the prevalence of moderate, uh, moderate to severe sleep apnea, um, its potential consequences on safety, and cost and benefit information. So the information that we collect through this advance notice of proposed rulemaking allows the agency to um, evaluate the topic from several different um, perspectives. Uh, gives us uh, information that perhaps we're not aware of uh, and allows us to, to take a, a very thorough look at the topic in general. As I'm sure you're aware, um, some drivers say they have been confused by the standard for sleep apnea. I'm wondering if you could help clarify what a medical examiner looks for when he is evaluating a driver for potential sleep apnea risk. Sure. So um, I, I'd like to highlight first the uh, National Registry of Certified Medical Examiners, which is a, a registry that the agency has put into place. We currently have 48,000 medical examiners on that registry. Um, and um, Part of becoming a medical examiner is uh, there's thorough training 
in reference to the regulations themselves. And um, each of the medical certified medical examiners on the registry uh, have a clear understanding of the rigors uh, that, and the um, scheduling issues that go on with a, a truck driver. Mm -hmm. So um, their role in the process is to evaluate the health of the, the driver as a health screening. They screen um, medical information to determine uh, whether the individual is qualified and safe to operate the commercial motor vehicle. So as I said, there's 13 qualification standards. Four of them are, um, have specific requirements. That would be vision, diabetes, seizure. Um, I'm missing one. I'm so sorry. Uh, vision, diabetes, seizure. It might be the topic of hearing, is it? It is hearing, thank yes. you. Um, and so the respiratory standard, um, which is where OSA falls into, um, we rely on, there's nine other standards, the respiratory one being one of them, we rely on the medical examiner to use um, medical judgment. Mm -hmm. um, by doing so, we rely on them to look at uh, best medical practices, standards of care. Uh, so there is no prescribed disqualification in this area. Therefore, the medical examiner uses information from the exam to determine whether or not um, the individual is or is not safe to operate the vehicle. How does a medical examiner discern between, say, uh, a driver who is sleep deprived versus one who is at risk for sleep apnea? They would use the screening information, discussions with the, with the individual, the driver, to determine whether more information may be needed to make that determination. Uh, and those are situations in which they may require the individual to provide more information um, sleep studies, as we heard in the last um, mm -hmm. segment, uh, in order to diagnose whether that um, concern exists, whether that person actually is diagnosed with uh, sleep apnea versus is just tired, fatigued. Some, some drivers I know have been concerned uh, about the cost of sleep studies. I mean, is there any way that uh, the agency or, can help defray any of the costs or... I think right now the agency is in the stage of the advance notice of proposed rulemaking. And as I stated before, this is our opportunity to gather information to make some of those determinations if the agency chooses to move forward with rulemaking, uh, but to look at that data. So we encourage um, the public to submit any information related to cost and benefits. So, some of the uh, trade organizations have, uh, have uh, said that the rule should be any rulemaking, if there is and when there is one, uh, should be concerned itself with safety and not driver health. Do you agree with that? The mission of the agency is safety on the highway. So yes, we, we support, uh, that is our mission. We want everybody to return home safely. Um, and uh, health is definitely um, part of the equation, but absolutely safety on the highway is our number one mission. I want to switch topics a little bit here. Can you describe or say how you measure the state of driver health in general? Uh, I mean, the industry obviously has a higher obesity rate, more smoking, things like that. I mean, is there, do you, how do you assess the state of driver health in general? So again, the, the physical examination is an assessment um, of the driver's ability to operate safely on the highway. Um, 
therefore the focus of the examination is really on whether those individuals can meet the 13 qualification standards. Yeah, and the agency has developed a new medical examination form for medical examiners? There is a new um, OMB-approved uh, Office of Management Budget-approved uh, form that is not um, very different from what was used previously. It's now just a prescribed form that um, captures information on the examination. Uh, the uh, National Registry final rule went into effect and the forms were to be used on December 22nd, 2015, and the agency extended that um, uh, gave a grace period for those forms to go into effect. So on April 20th, 2016, those forms are now to be used. And what should drivers expect uh, with the new form? Is there anything going to be different? As I understand it, it's designed to encourage the medical examiner to talk about a driver's health history. Um, is, what should a driver expect? Well, really, the forms are no different than, than what was used previously. There is a health history section, which asks specific questions about the driver's history, uh, medical history. Um, and yes, that section is used to open dialogue with the medical examiner to determine if there are any specific health issues that they should be concerned about and perhaps may need additional information um, in making the qualification determination. You know, I'm sort of intrigued by the notion that uh, drivers may not be educated on what they should eat and how they should exercise and such. I mean, is it, do they really not know that, say, for example, it's, it's not good to eat a cheeseburger, you should take another choice? I mean, is there, what is the level of knowledge out there on how to stay healthy with drivers? You know, I think it's obviously a topic that the more we talk about it, the more educated individuals will become. But I think in the first segment, we discussed a lot about the challenges, the challenges that truck drivers face in eating healthy. Sometimes it's um, not necessarily knowing whether the right, what the right choices are. That's certainly a part of it. But it's mm -hmm. also the access to and the, and the time schedule. Um, so there's, this is a great topic to be discussing to determine what are some ways and strategies that drivers could eat healthier um, and, and provide education to those individuals. Do you have, do you have any general ideas, uh, any tips for drivers about how to stay healthy, I mean, from your uh, long experience? I absolutely think some of the tips we talked about previously in the other segment are fantastic. You know, making sure that you're knowledgeable about labels, that you're not eating out of the package, that you're eating, you know, healthy uh, foods that... Um, that uh, are good for you and, and gathering that knowledge. Well, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, we're going to turn it back to Neil App and we're going to continue the discussion about driver wellness. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. A very informative discussion. Thank you, Christine, for, for joining us. Um, maybe not sleep apnea. I want to pick up back on this side of the panel with sleep. We haven't talked about it yet. What role does sleep play in, in the overall picture th that we've been laying out today? Well, let me jump in here because this, now you're getting at the fundamental root of the problem. Drivers are in this industry because they want to make money, okay? In order to make money, especially the long-haul drivers, they're driving when the freight dictates. That means sometimes they're driving during the day, sometimes they're driving at night, sometimes they're not driving at all. The problem with this is, is when their schedule is always changing, it disrupts their circadian rhythms, okay? Um, it disrupts their sleep cycle, okay? In addition to that, most drivers that I work with are not getting six hours of uninterrupted sleep. They may get six hours of sleep, 
but there's always a phone call, you've got to pay a lumper, you've got to walk your bills in, you've got to put a trailer in a dock door, there's something interrupting that sleep. When you take these two issues, the changing schedule and the, the interrupted sleep, it creates sleep deprivation. It accumulates every day, every week, every month, every year that you drive. The problem with that is, is that the hormones that regulate your metabolism are produced in your sleep. So it doesn't take very long. Three months, six months, definitely within the first year of your driving career, your hormones are out of whack, specifically your serum leptin and your serum ghrelin, which regulate metabolism. So to my great surprise, my company, Fitness Trucking, when we studied the problem scientifically in the field, putting on monitors to measure the driver's metabolism every minute of the day, what we realized was when you think drivers, you think, oh, they're overweight and obese because they're overeating, when in fact they're not. The vast majority of drivers are only eating once or twice a day and they're skipping meals. And the reason is because of two things. They're not getting the signal that they're hungry and that they need to start eating. Plus, once they've fueled up and they're ready to go and you know, deliver their load, right? they don't want to stop. So they're actually skipping meals, and their metabolism is, they're not giving their metabolism work to do. So it's slowing down. When they finally do eat, they may overeat at that one or two particular meal, but their nutrition for the day or for the, for the week they're actually undernourished, their body's in starvation mode, and their metabolism is slow. So the thing that I have to do with drivers is they don't have control over their sleep schedules. Okay? The freight usually dictates that. So we have to manipulate their metabolism in other ways, and that's what we do, and that's what's worked so well. Mm -hmm. But the root of the problem, it's not a character issue. It's not a lack of willpower issue. It's not a personality issue. At the root of it, it's a hormonal change related to sleep. What do you agree with that in dealing with well, also talking to yeah, younger yeah, drivers, too? I agree too. with the, some of the stuff he says, but it, it boils down to the discipline of the driver, making sure he gets that rest. And it also based on what the company, if the, guy, if the company's pushing the guy to do this, you know, it, it shouldn't be done. Mm -hmm. the, the, the company should supply the time for this guy to take a break. If he's got 10 hours, he needs to take that 10 hours. Mm -hmm. and, but if he's, if he's you know, being pressured to do this, and that's a big problem. You pressure a guy, and you're gonna, he's thinking about his load. He's thinking about where he's going to be. And that's a, you know, one of the basic problems with some of the companies out there. They have to allow the guy to have his rest. Mm -hmm. Same thing with exercise. You know, you've got these guys going down the road all the time. You've got to have, you know, we have the 30-minute break, which is a great thing that they did. You've got 30 minutes to do what you, if you have to exercise or, or get a meal or whatever you've got to do. But the main thing is trying to get a little bit of exercise in that time span. But the, the main thing is... You see this time and time again, some of these companies will put the pressure on the guy. Mm. And that's a, a big factor. So you want to make sure that that person is getting the proper rest. And you can get it. You can get that rest. You know, I'll sleep for maybe six, seven hours, and i got another three hours that I can relax, have a meal, prepare myself, and go out there. Sometimes during the day you might have, you know, got the full rest that you think you had, but you didn't get it like he was talking about and the guy might be tired, I'm going to pull over. As a professional driver, I'm going to pull over and take that time off mm -hmm. because I'm the one that's behind the wheel, and I'm responsible for that load. Now, my company's good enough to, you know, if they see me on the side of the road, if I took a little more time, that's okay. We want to make sure that you're safe, and that's what's good, good about my company. And, and some of these uh, company owners need to realize that, you know, we wouldn't have this, this problem with sleep apnea and everything else if we had companies that would allow the driver to get that time mm -hmm and rest and not discipline him because he took an extra two hours. 
So if I take some extra time, my company says, well, why did you take some time? I, I had to take pull over. And it's mm. not often. Mm. And every once in a while, it catches up to you. And when it catches up to you, the driver's smart enough, and he's a professional, to know i got to get over and pull on the side of the road. And, that, and that's, I think that's the main thing as far as you know, keeping drivers from falling asleep. Neil, there's, yeah, there's one other really important point when it comes to sleep apnea, which is I work with um, Heather Monkoff of Cardinal Health. Uh, she runs the on-site sleep lab at Prime. Um, she has a, a certification. There's only 200 people in the country that have this certification. She's an expert when it comes to sleep issues and drivers. And what she told me was that the drivers diagnosed with sleep apnea, about 80% of the cases, it's because of, of obesity. It's not because they have actual physical obstructions in the neck or some other factors. So if you want to prevent sleep apnea or you want to treat or cure sleep apnea and you want to make safer highways, the key to it is obesity prevention. So if you have healthy drivers that are coming into the industry, they need a program like what we have at Prime that will show them how to prevent the weight gain. And if you have drivers that are already obese and, and have this condition, you need a program where they can lose the weight. And what um, Cardinal Health has done at Prime is when they test a driver, if they're in the mild uh, uh, obstructive category, right, where the, basically what Heather has told me is that if they were to lose 20 or 30 pounds and retest, then they wouldn't have sleep apnea. They wouldn't have to go on the machine. So companies need to, it's not enough to just have a, a testing and regulating. If you have these drivers, what do you do with them? You've got to have a program that if they follow it, it's a great chance they're going to lose 20 or 30 pounds. And when they do that, that's yeah, it's a the life key. changer. Life changer. And that, I think that's the main thing is a lot of drivers, uh, you know, I've, all my life I've, done, you know, exercise, and I, know, I have a little bit of knowledge, some knowledge. There's a lot of drivers that don't know that. You know, they've never really gone to a gym, they've never really had a pro, been on a program, but the information, like, his, what his company is doing is great. You know, if you have that information in front of you, they follow up on the guy, they don't just leave him out there. If you follow up on the guy and give him something to look at and something to, to follow, it's a lot easier. And, and some of the stuff he was, we were talking about, he had 15 minutes to, all you have to do is do this program for 15 minutes, and it takes care of that day. So, so. there's a reason why we, we have you two here. It's not just by accident we, we plucked you out of thin air and hope it worked out. I mean, we, we're, I'm sitting here with two national champions. So let's talk about this for a minute so people can understand. These two guys have an, an idea or two of what works, and clearly based on, on your background. Now, you're a national champion power lifter, right? That, that's one yeah. thing you do. You might not. What, what is that, and how do you squeeze that in in terms of what you do on, well, on your daily basis? Well, I, I, I used to do a lot of bas play basketball, you know, cardiovascular, and I, I started slowing down it was kind of funny my wife saw me playing the basketball game she goes man you're really slow <laughs> so I realized I, I can't really do that anymore so I, I got into strength training and it was it was really great because uh, you know I'm getting gray-haired and getting older and I didn't want to get be that person that was a couch potato and just lost his strength and his, and his vitality and that was just an outlet for me just another different outlet. Mm -hmm. And I just love it. I've been doing it for 14 years. And What's, what, what you've won a couple pretty, yeah. pretty high yeah, awards. Na Nassau that I belong to, it's a natural athlete. So there's nobody juicing or anybody taking drugs. Great. That's, that's what I liked about it. So, uh, you know, they, they, 
it's another just another thing that I always like competition, so that was one and, of the things I got. And you won the Mike Russell Trucking Image Award. I'm just going <laughs> through. You guys, obviously, road team, New Mexico Grand Champion of the Truck Driving Championships. You've finished uh, several top three finishes at the national level of truck driving. White House Champion of Change Transportation Award. You, you, you've been yeah, around the block. Let's, like let's talk about the health. You mentioned the the, uh, the healthy fleet challenge is something yeah, you mentioned with the Fitbit technology. You, that's yeah. something you do both within the fleet and it's a wider challenge. Yeah, you can briefly nation, share. Thing, which that is, any fleet really right. could look yeah. into that. You could just talk right. briefly about that. And you just get a Fitbit. What this did was it, you know, I've always walked and I've always, you know, ran. And this just stepped it up a notch. And, like, the days that I didn't get a chance to do something, I would look at my on my app and it tell me exactly how many steps I, I did that day. And I could tell, well, i got to get moving. So instead of just sitting down and watching TV or sitting mm -hmm. in the motel, I would get out and walk, just like drivers Instead of just going to the sleeper and watching TV, they can go out mm. and, and do some steps. So it kept me, it was like a motivator and it kept track of what I needed to do. And I know your company, Arc Best, it's a unit, um, mm -hmm. ABF Freight Unit of Arc Best. Right. They, they've been recognized locally in Fort Smith, Arkansas. They've been recognized nationally and more than just on a trucking level. A number of different awards, dropping some healthcare costs, getting, getting uh, engagement, not uh, both drivers, office workers. I mean, there, there's plenty of information out there on the company yeah. as well. And that's the big thing. If you've got a company that supports you, it's, it just makes it that much easier. So let, let's go down. We have another another champion. This is someone uh, went to Yale, uh, a swimmer, almost made the Olympics. We're talking last night. Missed it by less than a second, and it was sort of a life-changing, life sort of reflection moment uh, for you, Zipiwe. Uh, you, you went off for a while, did some traveling, found yourself, went into trucking. You could bring us up to speed in, in terms of how you got to sitting in that chair today, which we appreciate. So, you know, I'd be driving and I'd, I would drive past, you know, the mountains in Utah and I'd like, man, I'd love to go mountain bike ride or uh, mountain bike riding or, you know, I'd be in California and I'm like, man, I'd love to go surfing or, you know, I'd drive by state parks and I, I, I wish I had the opportunity to get out of my truck and, and go do those kind of things. Um, and as I was developing this 13-week program and these fitness strategies and the way to stay in shape and I was starting to get in, in shape, um, on a whim, I wondered, well, I wonder, you know, how fast I would be if I was swimming again. So just kind of on a whim, I, I entered what's called a, a master swimming competition. Uh, this is while I was still driving. I was a long-haul driver. I was driving 330 days a year, you know, on the road. Uh, and I went and did this swimming competition, and I did really well and realized there was a national championships for master's swimming. Uh, and I decided I was going to go compete. And I, I was able to call my fleet manager and get a load out to Mesa, Arizona and go to the, the national championships. And I'm thinking I'm going to go and see some old buddies. And if I'm lucky, I might make the top 10. Turns out I won two events. I become a national champion. Uh, and I started getting a lot of media attention. You know, who is this strange guy who drives his truck into the parking lot of the National Swimming Championships and then wins two events and then gets in his truck and goes, picks up a load, right? Um, and so as a result of, of, of that sort of notoriety, um, there were media attention, and I was called the fittest truck driver in America, and then um, implemented this 13-week program at Prime, which ended up earning them the, the Healthiest Company Award at the 2014 CES Digital Health Summit. You know, these are companies like Google and Sony and all these, you know, all the companies making digital health devices and in that sphere, you'd think they would have 
uh, win an award you like this. You might not think trucking and fitness and the CES show, which is a great technology show in Las Vegas, yeah. but, but you see this is where, where trucking's moving to, and health fits into this about how technology can sort of bring this You'd never together. think a trucking company would win a, a Healthiest Company Award, yeah. but that's a testament to what Robert has done at Prime. And that's Robert Lowe. Robert Lowe, yes. Um, and so that media attention gave me the opportunity to really talk about the scientific finding and understanding that I was able to generate working with drivers and using a lot of digital health equipment and realizing that we didn't really understand the issue, right? We, we, if we use the, what I call the old science, the whole calories in, calories out, that's not the issue with drivers. In fact, the first 50 drivers went through my program, they all had a calorie deficit. Okay, they were burning way more calories than they were consuming. That wasn't the issue. And I was able to use digital health technology to actually find out what was the real metabolic issue uh, and a lot of data. Uh, and I was able to talk about it. So it, at this point now, I'm Men's Health Magazine and Sports Illustrated and so Fox Sports. So let me jump in. Fox, so speaking of Fox Sports, so just earlier this month here, not long ago, they won. They did a, a documentary called Changing Lanes. Yes. Right? It was the outstanding short feature category yes. uh, sports Emmy. It's about eight minutes or so, uh, really a, a worthwhile read after our program today. We're going to put the URL up, but, but, but stick with us here. But I would encourage everyone, both from a fitness standpoint, from a health standpoint, I would, I would even make the case from a trucking image standpoint, which we can do a whole other show on. It is a worthwhile, not only to watch it yourself, but get that message out there. A really, really interesting story, and, and I, I think a nice counterpoint to what is a, a career 3.5 you know, million-mile driver with those tips, along with someone that so we talked about less than one second from its 92 Olympics. 92 that, Olympic trials. That you wouldn't be sitting here, trucking might be completely out there, and that you've spent a number of years trying to figure out how that one second slipped away. And I think to your, as you sort of put, that your benefit and hopefully to the benefit of, of not only Prime, but you've taken this with your fitness trucking mm -hmm. to a much wider audience, uh, I think something that, that a lot of the industry can, can take away from. Um, I, I want to go to a question we received uh, not too long ago, Sir, uh, Sergio Rojas, bringing up about this four minutes, some of these health, mm -hmm. reacting to the health. Um, just going to rattle off a couple things here. Is that continuous, 20-second on, 10-second off interval? We might, in an extra, do a four-minute workout if time allows later on. So look for it on the replay. If we can convince one or both of them to hang with us, we'll see that. Uh, what about injury risk? Uh, the drivers have been, been uh, sedentary for so long. Maybe we, we talked a little before the show about stretching. That might be something you want to talk about. And uh, other safe exercises you might want to recommend. So uh, some reaction from what we've been talking about, particularly about exercise. Maybe you both comment about it. Uh, as far as... Uh like the injuries, uh, the, I think the most common thing in my workplace is back injuries. And a lot of times uh, the guys are sitting there for long periods of time and they develop muscle atrophy in the lower back. And they get the lumbar pulls, they get the, the, back, the back spinal injuries. Uh, a lot of times I always recommend that the drivers do a lot of uh, hamstring exercises. Because, you know, I, I've been driving for 37 years and I'll sit for long periods of time, but yet I can still lift 550 pounds. And they said, how do you do that? It's because I have strong hamstrings. Mm -hmm. So the stretching part and, and the areas that you have to work on to keep that back from slipping out is, is one of the big things. Stretching is a big thing. I mean, you can burn calories stretching. and uh, just, just so stretching both calorie and injury prevention. Exactly. And, and you know, I've always said that stretching is a, is a uh, pain reliever. Mm -hmm. 
you know, natural pain reliever that, that you can do if you have those, those ailments. And stretching, I know, is big in terms of your message. And if you can speak a little bit more about this four minutes. Uh... Yeah, getting back to the, the, the gentleman's question. Um, so four minutes is sort of what I use for a slogan. Four minutes continuous is great. Um, if you can't do four minutes, right, the key is it's any movement you can do at maximum intensity. So if you're doing a movement you can do, you're already lowering the risk of injury because it's something you're comfortable doing. It's not something you can't do or is new to you. If you can only do 30 seconds, that's where you start. You do 30 seconds all out. You know if you're doing it right if you're breathing so hard that you can barely finish a sentence. And that first week, you might only be able to do 30 seconds. Then the next week, you're doing 40 seconds, and you can build your way up. Now, if you're doing sort of 20 seconds on, 10 seconds rest, which is a traditional Tabata workout, that'll work just as well. But you want to set aside four minutes. The science shows that that's what it takes to turn your metabolism on to its highest level. And that's the purpose of exercising now in this trucking environment. It's not the extra calories. Mm -hmm. You could walk a million steps and never have an effect on your metabolism. So I have a lot of drivers that say, how do I get started? I haven't been exercising. They're afraid to use intensity because conventional wisdom is, okay, start slow, start moderate, and build. No, most of the science out there will show you, even if you haven't been exercising, even if you're obese, if you do short, high-intensity stuff, very short, four minutes or less, right, you will burn nine times as much fat right, as if you do moderate-type activity. So if you're a driver and you've got limited time, right, you could walk 30 minutes in the parking lot, or you could do two minutes of high-intensity, you know, any movement you can do, maximum effort, and you're going to burn the same amount of fat. Me, I'm not taking the 30 minutes. I'm taking the two minutes. So, and you're doing a mix, uh, from what I understand, a mix of some walking, some of the lifting, some right. of the stretching, along with packing some of the snacks. You, you, you yeah. sort of have a little bit of a routine and sort of your LTL routine. Am, am I understanding right. that correctly? But, but it's true what he said, because you know what? Uh, we, call, we call that compound lifting, and it gets your heart rate up at a certain speed. So sometimes I'll do heavy lifting some days, and then I'll do the compound lifting, which mm -hmm. is you actually get your heart rate and burn more calories. Mm -hmm. But I've never heard the four-minute. That's, that's pretty interesting. But we usually do it for 30 minutes mm -hmm. you know, when, I, when I'm at the gym. But like he said, if there's, you know, you're out there on the highway and you know, you gotta, you pull over to the truck stop or you have some place to park, that's an ideal thing to do because you're getting your heart rate up, and you want to do that every day. You want to get your heart rate up to a certain level, mm -hmm. and that brings your blood pressure down. Mm -hmm. But what I, what I used to use you know, when I didn't have time, I have these rubber bands that I use mm -hmm. that you can buy at Walmart, yep. and, and I'll just do some curls. I'll, I'll put the bands on the on the side of the truck and I'll do some triceps and just move around, just jog in place, you know, for 40 seconds. It sounds like one thing is yeah. anything for a starting exactly. point. Any, yeah. Anything. Get it in where you can fit it in yeah. is and, the key. You can do it in 10 minutes mm. or 4 minutes. Whatever you want to do, it just depends on what you're... And that's the key is we have to change the mindset in the industry. If the mindset is it's so hard to do and if you hear the word exercise, you're thinking gym. 30 minutes, 60 minutes, Ugh. right? <laughs> then what happens when you have 20 minutes available to you, but in your mind you're thinking you need 40 or 60 minutes to get results? What will happen? You'll say, I don't have time, and you won't do it. If we can get it across to the drivers that you can get great results in 15 minutes or less, or building it into your routine, if you're getting out of your truck to fuel, or walking in and out of the ship or a receiver, and you're going back to your truck, Aren't you already outside your truck? Mm -hmm. 
Did you have to go out of your way to do it? Right there on the side of your truck, do your four minutes, and then you're done, right? And it's convenient. You don't have to think about it. It's built into your routine. That's the key for these guys who want to get started is realizing it's not this great gargantuan mammoth task. Let's go a, a couple other uh, questions. Um, one, um, female-focused tips. Uh, I know some of this applies to everyone, right? Eating and exercise that. I want to know if there's anything we've done programs before to try and focus on, on uh, female truck female. drivers in particular. Uh, there's anything you could share that might specifically be tailored a little bit more to some yeah, of the I, I things that may help them? I, ju- I just talked to a female driver that's uh, America's road team, Stephanie Lang. And she was, I was asking her the same thing. You know, it's sometimes you got to, at the truck stops, there's mostly primarily men and what she does. And she, she does a lot of just, you know, just like simple things. Walk, she'll park away as far as she can from the, the main entrance and walks. Mm-hmm. And she'll walk back. And she also, she said it's not really, like you said, it's not really uh, going to the gym. She just tries to do everything that she can. She told me that one of her favorite exercises is she lowers a landing gear. And she raises the landing gear. And she, so doing, like doing, doing her job is also yeah, making like, sure yeah, just sort of get... she'll do it if she has some extra time. A little extra to and work it it actually in. moves everything, her lats, her triceps, her biceps. It, it, you just have to be, you know, you just have to do something that you can do right there sometimes and, and just figure out what you can do. She told me she hangs on to the side of the tank and she does squats. Mm-hmm. Holds on to the tank and does that for... 20 seconds and, and, and you must time. also work with that work with the female drivers as well yeah for for a lot of the the women they definitely uh, safety concerns are much more of a factor um, and so some of the things that I, I've used to work with um, it works with the women um, one I let them know hey you're already getting out of your truck to dolly down the landing gear or opening uh, uh, the trailer doors um, and so you'll get out of your truck and you'll do something for your job you should be willing to do that for your health, which is more important for your job, especially if it's only four minutes uh, or something short as, as that. Um, if you're worried about someone maybe looking at you and laughing and mocking you, that may be the case. Maybe there's somebody there that is, but you don't know. You're speculating. Uh, and let's say they are. Okay, well, who are they that they're so important? You don't know their name. You're never going to talk to them. Who are they that they would stop you from doing what you need to do to take care of your health? And... While you're doing that, for every person that might be thinking that, there's another person that you might be inspiring. They're looking at you and they're saying, I should be doing that as well. Now, the other tips that I give women is, if you can stand in your truck, as long as you can stand up, I can show you what to do so you can get your vigorous activity inside your truck. Or you can do it in the shower room, you know, the TA, the, you know, where, it's, where it's private. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll give them these tips. But the, the most important thing is this mindset, which is, the prerequisite for your doing your job and taking care of your family is your health. Those are the prerequisites for both of them. So you have to put yourself first. You have to find a solution that does work for you. And as long as you're committed to that, you'll find a way to get it done. I've heard a sort of phrase, well, everyone talks about preventive maintenance of their truck, mm-hmm. pre-trip inspection, yeah. do that. And, and no one, you know, bats an eye. Okay, it may take a few <laughs> minutes and, and all, but, you know, it's an accepted part of, of whether you're a technician, a driver, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But somehow that hasn't trickled down to your right. own self and trickling well, to your family. Well, it's funny well. what you said about the 
guys make you funny. Now those guys are asking me questions. And, and yeah. is that, so the perception at first, yeah, maybe if you walk, you walk around your truck, I know it's one thing I've, I've heard mm -hmm. many times, uh, oh, Will mentioned it also, and, and that's one. And maybe some people are looking at you yeah. a couple of times, the first few times they're looking at you like, you know, what's this guy up to? And then they're coming up and saying, no, tell me what yeah, you're exactly doing. What is, you're that what, yep. is that what is that's yeah. what's happening? A couple other quick questions. We need to, we need to start to wrap up. Uh, but a, a few, Laurie uh, uh, Jordan, so much conflicting, and we, we've gotten this a number of times, so I'm glad that it came in again. There's so much conflicting info available on the web, and we talked about some of the food and, and this study, that study. Where is a good place to obtain, download clear, concise, printable information about everything we've been talking about? About food? Uh, about everything, about health, wellness, food, exercise, any, any suggestions? Where either that you particularly like, or, or maybe you want to mention where where you feel people may want to go to to, to get an inkling. Well, Healthy Fleet has been great for for me mm -hmm. you know, with this Fitbit. Yep. They're always putting out different uh, things that you can do. You can go to their their uh, website and find out, get some information on on where to eat sometimes, and if you're going have to stop at a restaurant, fast food, the suggestions that they give. So there's there's many there's many apps that they have now, but mm -hmm. the one I go to particularly is Healthy Fleet. Mm. Because they they kind of monitor what I'm doing with this Fitbit, and uh, and these are very affordable. People are not familiar. Yeah. They come in all shapes yeah. and sizes. I have one that isn't on the wrist. I carry it in my pocket. Although sometimes I end up <laughs> thinking I lost it. It's deep in the pocket. But between it can count some sleep, it steps, uh, right. ste both how many steps you take and stairs. It can give you some inkling, and 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 it can be a real self motivator. Yeah, it is. You have a program with your own company yeah, well, and with others, but even within yeah. yourself to say, oh, I I need to get moving. That, that's what I find. And what's it's great amazing. about what's great about this is that. There's guys all over the country. We have the road team. We have uh, business executives, company owners, and we're constantly, you know, harassing each other kind of and, and motivating each other. You know, what happened to you today? I'm passing you, you know, and it kind of motivates you. I'm, i got to stay ahead of this guy. So it's, it's kind of a, a group thing that, that really motivates you. And where, where would you direct people to get well, this I would clear, say there, concise there's info? There's very little great information on nutrition and fitness specifically geared to truck drivers. So, you know, I would say go to my website, fitnesstrucking.com. Okay, that's where I post a lot of my research that I'm doing that's trucker-specific. Um, or you can go to my other website, which is www.sipiwebaleka.com. Uh, I also am the um, driver health editor for Road King Magazine. So if you stop at a, at a TA, you pick up that magazine. Um, I write articles on driver health, uh, and you can get information there. But really, if it's something really specific and important, go to my website and send me an email. And I'll answer your specific question and give you the best answer that I can. Uh, and next year my book is coming out. And it's all these things that we've learned that work for truck drivers. Uh, so you'll be able to get the book. And that should answer everything. And uh, I'm really excited about that. I got two more. We have to wrap up. I got two more. Let's do a little quick speed round. One came in about bicycle. And I know We've talked about you do bike riding in particular, even in the cab. Mm -hmm. Someone was asking that they had, they've been, the company has prevented them from using the bike because of possible load securement violations and related to CSA. Let's not get into that, but, but you use sometimes the folding bike, training bike. If you could give a tip, someone specifically asking about wanting to use a bicycle and having some problems. Best with. solution for truck drivers, right? There's a company called Montague. 
they make a, a, a bike that's called the paratrooper. It was originally made for the military, for people jumping out of planes into fields, and they needed to be able to strap a bike onto their back, land in the field, open up the bike, and ride out. So I used this bike for three years when I was driving. It's great. It folds up in a bag. It fits in your sleeper. The great thing about it is it has a weight rating of, I think, 400 pounds. You get any other cheap bicycle, right, uh, you're going to ride it for two, three months, and then you're going to break a pedal, you're going to break a seat stem, you're going to hit a pothole, and the forks are going to bend because they're not made for truck drivers that, that are heavy. This bike, you fold up, put it in the sleeper. You don't have to worry about jerry-rigging it to the truck, mm -hmm. right? Um, and you'll be able to use it for years. That's and, my solution. And I got an email uh, that went out at Bison Transport. They, they were offering to now talking about some folding bikes. That There are some. Some might be better than others. I'm not, gonna, not, not, not here to sort of review the folding bike. So it might be a matter of they were trying to keep it outside, so it might not be the typical bike you'd have in your home garage, but there are opportunities for people. They, yes. they, they asked about that. Last one, and maybe provide you an opportunity to wrap up any, any last points. What is the friendliest way? to enforce or suggest to our drivers the, in, the importance of improving a healthy lifestyle without insulting them. So what's the friendliest way, or I guess it, it, I would also add to that, what about those ones that you just can't seem to right. get motivated? What do you do? Now, maybe that from a fleet perspective, well, what think, would you tell them as we wrap up? I think nowadays the drivers are seeing, you know, you see guys, you know, dying off. I just had a friend that just died. He was only 62 years old. Mm -hmm. And... He had all the symptoms, overweight, and, you know, I always used to try to get him to walk with me. Just said, let's just go walk. You're going to be here for a while. You know, the, I think the, the main thing is, is uh, letting the guys know that they can do certain things that's in their realm that they can exercise. But the main thing is you want to feel good. You know, I want to be around when I retire. I want to spend time with my grandkids. Just that alone is, is the biggest motivator. I, you know, I'll tell those guys, hey, you want to be around. Mm -hmm. You know, you're getting ready to retire next year. That guy retired for one year, and he was gone. Hmm. And that's sad. It's really sad, and it's because he didn't take care of himself. So that should be a gentle way. Well, I guess it's not gentle. You're going to die. But it's, it's, it's something. It's a rea that, it's, for some people, it's, right. it, it's well, the unfortunate yeah, well, reality of, you know, of the situation, this epidemic. As you, you're dealing with guys. You know, you're going to tell them something like that to get them motivated. And I, I can say to you guys is just get out there, move. You know, you want to feel good. Well, you said the word friend, right? So when I think of a friend, it's somebody that I care about. And so I'm going to tell them the truth the best way I know how to. As long as it's sincere, right, and you tell them the truth and say, hey, we've got to face this, right? You can make it personal. You can talk about what's important to you, right, whether it's your grandkids or your spouse or your business or whatever it is that's in your hobbies, whatever it is that's important to you, right, Health is something that's with you every single moment of every single day of your life. And ultimately, you're the one responsible for it. And you're in the most unhealthy occupation in America. Highest rate of obesity, highest rate of metabolic syndrome, lowest life expectancy, and in 2012, the highest number of fatalities. If you aren't doing something specific to counter that, you are going to be its victim. So let's talk about what we can do. And to Robert's credit, every Friday morning in our company meeting that's open to the entire company and staff, whether you're a driver, in-house associate, sales exec, work in the, in, the, in, the, in the tire bay, everyone's invited to this meeting. And he gets up there and he talks from his heart. And every person in each department is, and we have to stand up and be accountable. Um, so it just has to be sincere. 
Okay. Well, I want to thank both of you. I also want to mention that we had another interview from Wellness Coaches USA. They're a, a, a consulting firm that does a lot with trucking transportation. Uh, and I spoke with them, and, and they shared a lot of tips about how to engage drivers, the way to do it in, in a friendly manner, in a coaching, in a one-on-one, -on -one, in a, a voluntary method. They addressed return on investment. They addressed some of the health tips that apply both to trucking. They've worked a number of years uh, directly with trucking and transportation companies. They also widened the conversation about some of the, the similarities about jobs in general. So, so I wouldn't, I'm sorry we didn't get to that today. The full interview of all of the Skypes will be up shortly on our website. I would encourage you, if you're interested in this conversation, if you feel it's as valuable as we do here at Transport Topics, encourage you to take a few extra minutes to watch all of those, particularly the wellness coaches. So, okay, I, I want to remind everyone a full replay of this program will be available later today on our website, ttnews.com, also live on web.ttnews.com. Uh, and as I said, you'll find the complete interviews with Paul Will, Dr. Todd Simo, Gene McGuire, and Austin Zerline of Wellness Coaches USA. Thanks to all of them for taking part. And again, Ralph Tepiway. Good to be here. And also Christine, uh, who, who has had to leave. Thank you, everyone, for, for taking part in this. Uh, also, a replay will be available as a podcast download on iTunes. Very simple. Search live on web, transport topics, you're going to find it. Also, we'd like to hear from you about our broadcast today. Uh, you can do that on LinkedIn. Uh, at ttn.ws slash LOW is linked. LOW, live on web, is linked. Uh, we're going to be off next month, uh, but live on web will return in July for our third annual look at the TT Top 100 for Higher Publication. Until next time, I'm Neil Apt. On behalf of Eric Miller and the entire live on web crew, thank you for watching.